0: Well, if you'd stand with me, please, I'm going to read the passage for tonight. It's in Matthew 1. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there, but uh, probably particularly on Christmas Eve, a lot of you don't bring your Bibles, but it's going to be on the screens. So Matthew 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband, Joseph, Jesus. This is the Word of God. Please be seated. Well, church, tonight we're going to look for a few minutes at the Christmas story through the eyes of Joseph. Uh, Maybe especially fitting since we've already had a story about uh, our Joseph here to look at the biblical story of Christmas through the eyes of Joseph. The passage starts right off at the outset that Mary was betrothed to Joseph and When we read that New Testament word betrothed, that's not a word that we use. So let's just clarify that that is a legal engagement. Now, when a couple in our culture gets engaged, I regularly do weddings for these uh, couples. You know, they 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 give each other rings. They promise to marry. They begin planning a wedding. Well, in that day, in that society, it was a little different uh, when they made this promise it was sort of a binding, legally binding agreement. Now, they were called husband and wife, but they still stayed at their parents' home, uh, didn't sleep together, parents' homes, um, but, but they were legally uh, committed to each other so that if one later wanted to back out, they had to go to the courts and have a divorce. So that's what it means that they were betrothed. It was a, a quasi-legal engagement. So, we read that they were, in, were betrothed, and then, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Now, we have heard the Christmas story, most of us, all of our lives, that's just too familiar, and that's just easy to kind of go right over that one and miss it. But, I mean, Joseph has not read this Christmas story, has he? I mean, he doesn't know this story. The angel, as Ashley read earlier, had appeared to Mary beforehand, but didn't appear to Joseph. He doesn't know about this. Okay, they're engaged. He's engaged to sweet, godly, precious Mary. And the text says that before they came together, she was found to be with child. Now, what does that mean? That means she was getting bigger and she was showing. And no doubt the other women, you know, know, began noticing it long before Joseph did. And probably, you know, the word got to him, Joseph, you better check into this. She was found to be with child. And no doubt Joseph goes to her and confirms. And can you imagine his feelings? Can you imagine his devastation? Either Mary doesn't tell him about the angel Gable or she tells him and he doesn't believe it. Can you imagine what Joseph was feeling, that his whole world just was devastated and shattered because his, the dream of his life, the love of his life, they were so close, and she was so godly, has betrayed him, has been unfaithful to him, has gotten pregnant by somebody else in this village, and who is it? Can you imagine... What Joseph is feeling, a little bit of a puzzle that God, when he sent Gabriel to tell Mary that this was going to happen, didn't tell Joseph also, but sometimes God allows us to go through some tough situations so we can learn to trust him. Maybe some of you are in that situation right now. Believe me, Joseph would tell you, you can trust our God. Just you wait. Okay, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Mary knew that, he didn't. Okay, verse 19, and her husband Joseph, being a just man, that is a godly man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So, so he uh, doesn't, either doesn't believe it or I bet she didn't even tell him. I bet she just, you know, God, you're going to tell him this. There's no way he's going to believe that, oh, yeah, right, this uh, angel came to me, that sort of thing. So uh, he, he's decided to divorce her quietly. Okay, you've got to get divorced in that day. It's not like an engagement here where you can just give your ring back and take off. Um, There had to be a legal divorce. He could do it publicly or privately. If he does it publicly, the advantage there is he can make it clear to everybody, look, she may have committed adultery, but not me. That's not my child. Uh, You know, kind of washes his hands. But it'd be a big stink and a public thing. So he resolves. It is a measure of his courage and character. He resolves to just quietly go to the court and divorce her and move on. So, heartbroken, heartbroken, this is what he's going to do. But as, verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. He's probably not called that much. Maybe he's never been called that. But he is in the line of King David. So, he's Joseph Son of David, quite an august title. Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, if, he, if his world was rocked before, uh, maybe even more so now, you're kidding. Can, can you imagine his jaw dropping, his, his eyes widening, and, and pretty soon a big smile on his face? You may she was not unfaithful. There's not another man. But but from the Holy Spirit, what do you mean? Uh, Can you imagine all the emotions that were flooding Joseph, this godly young man who wanted to please God and who loved Mary, when the angel tells him, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, if we could pause there, what does the Bible mean? One of the great truths of the Bible is, is the virgin birth of, uh, of Jesus. That is, his mother, before she had uh, any kind of intercourse or sex with Joseph or anybody, uh, she conceived the baby Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Well, let's just remind ourselves what the Bible teaches. There is one God and only one God. Very important. But this God, in a mystery, the one God, somehow exists in three equal eternal persons. Father, Son, and Spirit. And we don't fully comprehend that, but but no surprise that puny man doesn't fully understand the the God of the universe. Father, Son, and Spirit. So that which is in Mary, that is this little baby she's carrying, was conceived by the Holy Spirit. No sex there. The Spirit is Spirit, but He causes her to become pregnant with a little baby, who is fully human because he's got a a human mother, but yet he is divine because he's got God, the Spirit, as his father. Now, this is extraordinary. It is the biggest mystery of all that this baby, Jesus, would be fully human, and he needed to be fully human because the whole purpose is to come in and and take our place. And he needed to be human if he's going to take our place and pay for our sins. Uh, so he had to be human, but he had to be God because uh, the, the sin is inherited through the Father. He is no human father, so there's no sin. And besides that, his death would take the place not just of one person, just one of us, but because he's God, any of us and all of us. And so fully God, fully man. I mean, one person put it this way. Jesus is the only one ever born who had a heavenly father but no heavenly mother who had an earthly mother but no earthly father, who was as old as his father and older than his mother. I mean, there's no one like Jesus. That which is conceived in her, Joseph, is by the Holy Spirit. Now, we know the Christmas story, but Joseph didn't. And his whole world was rocked. Can you imagine him trying to process that and incredible joy as well as bewilderment? Now, the angel has something else to say. He's giving him a command here. Take Mary as your wife. Not an option. You do it. I think he was glad to do it. Verse 21, she will bear a son. Okay, no doubt. Is this going to be a boy or a girl? Don't need the sonograms. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Of course, for us, they're going to call him Jesus. That's the baby Jesus. We, we grow up in that world. Uh, not, of course, for, for Joseph. In our culture, occasionally we use family names, don't we? We have three kids. Sarah Elizabeth. Sarah is not a family name. Elizabeth was. My father's mother who dies when he was six. Uh, Callie Wren. Uh, Callie's not a family name. Wren is my mother's maiden name. John Paul Schaefer Wells. Uh, John Paul is... Not a family name. Some folks thought we named him after the Pope. We actually did not. We (laughs) like the names. Um, Schaefer is Gail's maiden name. We have some family names, some, some not family names. And we do that in our culture. Sometimes people use family names, sometimes they don't. Freedom. In the Jewish culture of this day, they always, always use the family name. For example, let me remind you if you've read the Luke account about John the Baptist being born, and God tells Zechariah the father, name him John, when he's finally born, and all the uh, friends and neighbors say, well, let's name him Zechariah after the father. And he writes down, no, his name is John. And all the people said, there's no one in the family named John. They just didn't do that. So they don't, they're not going to name him Joseph. They're not going to name him Jacob, that's the grandfather, or Nathan, or, or Eliud, or one of those uh, uh, grandfather names. Name him Jesus. There is no Jesus in the family line. Why Jesus? Well, just a little bit of, uh, of uh, etymology, the study, the study of, a, of a history of a word. Jesus, or the Hebrew equivalent, is Joshua. Any Joshua's out there, your equivalent name really would be Jesus. Okay, Joshua. Now, Joshua, the Hebrew way of saying that would be Yeshua. And the Yah, that Y sound, Yah, is a shorthand for the the proper name of God, Yahweh. Yahweh saves or Yeshua. And the Hebrew of that just simply means Yahweh saves or Yeshua. God saves. So we call him God. God saves. Okay, Joseph, she's going to bear a son, and you shall call his name God saves. For, because, the passage goes on to say, for he will save his people from their sins. They got that uh, connection. Uh, The English, we don't quite get it, but we got it now. Every time you think of the word Jesus, think God saves. Savior, he's all about saving us. Christmas is all about a savior, and the whole reason he came was to save his people from their sins. Yea, God. You know, uh, I appreciate the story that Brian Mann, our team Eric, uh, did with Joseph, and how Joseph—I think that's you right down there—that he uh, he emphasized the cross as part of his story. That he was just ambushed by the cross. And, you know, what did that mean? And I hope you haven't gotten used to it. And it's become too familiar to you, But he just was floored by the cross. Well, it's really fitting for a Christmas Eve story because the whole reason this baby was born is to head to a cross so he could pay for your sins and mine. That's the whole point of Christmas. He would die in your place and my place to save us. So the angel tells Joseph in this staggering uh, birth announcement, these two things, Mary, that woman. Secondly, name that boy Jesus. And then what happens? Verse 23, 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah 700 years before. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The virgin, someone never had sex before, will get pregnant and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. Now, Jesus is really his proper name, but a title, an alternative name, Emmanuel. He is God with us because he is God in the flesh. Okay, the sequel, the final story. When Joseph woke from sleep, probably wore out, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. Making it very clear, this was not his baby. It's conceived of the Spirit. He took her as his wife, but knew her not till he had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He obeys completely. Whatever you say, God, that's what I want to do. Jesus, Savior. It's all about. He came to save us. He came to save. His people from our sins. You know, church, when I think about the society, the culture we live in, you know, we want somebody to rescue us and deliver us in all kinds of ways. We want somebody to rescue us economically and, and for the, the terrorist attacks and, you know, uh, cl- cl- climate problems and uh, educational reform and all kinds of things we need. But we know deep inside all of us that the biggest dysfunction of all is the dysfunction of the heart. And the deepest problem is our, our brokenness with a holy God and our need for a Savior. And that's why God sent Jesus. You know, there is something deeply longing in the human heart for a Savior who will come and rescue us. And I think that's, re- that's uh, reflected with culture. You know, in, in our culture, I think that the, the main way we tell stories is through movies. I wish it was through books, but it's not. And I enjoy movies, too. But we use movies more than anything, I think, to tell stories. And you think about some of the great epic movies and series of movies and how there is a hero who comes to rescue the others. And this hero is special. In the Lord of the Rings, Frodo, is special. He's no ordinary hobbit. And uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan is no ordinary lion. And uh, the Hunger Games, Katniss is no ordinary tribute. And in, in Frozen, Elsa is no... ordinary princess. In uh, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is no ordinary Jedi. They're special. They've got a a chosen mission that they've got to rescue people. And so Frodo, he had a mission to destroy the ring. And Aslan had a mission to uh, defeat the White Witch. And Katniss had a mission to defeat the capital. And Elsa had a mission to save Arendelle. And uh, Luke Skywalker had a mission to overcome the evil empire. And all of that reflects this deep longing. We, we love that stuff because we know it touches something deep in our soul. But by the grace of God, it all points to reality that in life, there is a real Savior. And He was born as a Jewish baby, like no other baby ever born before. And He grew up, lived a life like no one has lived, eyewitnesses watching incredible things, walking on water, telling others about it, and being willing to die for that. Taught like no one is taught, even to this day. And then he dies on a cross. And rather than being a defeat or an interruption of in the story, that was the whole point of the story. He came to die. And then, the third day, he burst forth from the tomb and Hundreds of people saw him, and his disciples uh, saw it and testified of it and gave their lives to tell others about it. It is the truest good news story ever, and it's all about the grace of God. You know, Joseph, uh, I love the way you so eloquently put it, Joseph. This afternoon, I jotted down a couple of things, what you said. You said, before, everything was performance-based. Now it is Jesus who died for me and wants a relationship with me. You said before, I always had to do things to please God. But now Jesus has done it all for me. All I have to do is accept it. Friends, if you have been in this room, maybe you grew up in America, maybe you grew up some other place and you thought it was all about religion, you thought you had to earn it, you had to you know, work and work and please God and be so religious, not so. That's why Jesus came, to save his people from their sins. And as Joseph so well put it, he did it all. All I needed to do was accept it. You know, it's not like tomorrow morning. If if somebody gives you a gift and walks to you with a big smile and says, Merry Christmas, and extends a gift, what do you do? Don't you just stick out your hands and say thank you? Uh, Would any of you probably think that meant to start pulling out your wallet and try to pay for it? What what a, you know, that would be the most horrendous thing you could do. Um, The greatest gift of all, the first Christmas gift, God's gift of a Savior, you do the same thing. Just receive it and say thank you and enjoy the gift of life. You can do that right now. Just breathe a prayer. Say, yes, Jesus, thank you. Would you pray with me, please? Friend, if you've never done this, this is your your moment in all eternity. Just breathe that prayer and say yes to a Savior. Jesus, thank you that you came to save me from my sins. I now trust you and receive you. Yay, God. He'll do it.